0: Welcome to this week's edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Hugh, and I'm here to take you through the very latest news and views, hints, tips, and tricks to help you on your property journey. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers Podcast. On this, the bank holiday weekend, 25th of August, 2023. I hope you're well. Lots to tell you this week. Housing market viewings, what they're looking like, buying a home now more expensive than renting, Interest rate peak. What will they peak at? Uh, Nationwide cutting rates and some other interesting stuff as well, including mortgage rate secrecy. How are you? I hope you're well. Let's start off by going straight in with the headlines this week. First of all, housing market viewings plummet 98%. And this is an article saying that the housing market is experiencing a deep midsummer freeze with viewings per property falling 98% compared with last year. Hardly surprising, really, given the situation. Property Mark, the leading membership body for estate agents, reports there are only 1.5 viewings per property in July compared to three viewings in June and 4.4 in July and August of the previous year. Compared to July last year, there are 37 percent more homes on the market and the highest level recorded over the past 12 months, that is. The average number of new prospective buyers registered per member branch is down to an average of 64 in July 2023, down from 86 in June 2023. However, Nathan Emerson, chief of property Mark, chief exec, that is, claims the sales market remains buoyant despite rising mortgage rates. He said as the number of viewings drop, this indicates a shift to only more serious buyers and sellers that are remaining proactive in the market. Well, there is some truth in this and there is some drama in this, which is unnecessarily shocking. First of all, in a tighter market, we can expect in the holiday period that there will be less viewings anyway, because there's not the desperation that comes with rising prices and people struggling to get onto the market, meaning that if property prices are moving quickly, then it's natural for buyers to want to dive in as quickly as possible and make sure they don't miss out. Of course, when a market is stagnant or has fallen or is falling, buyers Don't feel that sense of pressure and therefore they'll make the move even if they decided to move when it suits them rather than rushing to get on board and that's where we are right now and certainly from our experience of the last over 30 years in property we find that buyers in a more difficult market are much more likely to buy during the seasonal times that are most popular depending on where you live so for instance here in london the seasonal trends are spring Spring's a great time to move because it's a nice long season. It starts when the sun breaks. I know that's a bit vague, but it could be March. It could be April. It could be May in the UK, couldn't it? So it is quite a broad uh, start, but it doesn't finish until the summer holidays in July and August. So it lasts quite a long time. And then the second most popular market time in london anyway i don't know the rest of the uk is slightly different because for instance if you're in a holiday type area such as brighton or eastbourne or in fact any coastal resort then their peak times can tend to be around the holidays when people go for a holiday and decide to make the permanent move. So for us, we find in the holiday times, what happens is the opposite, that people go away. When the children break up from school, especially, we notice that it quietens down a lot. So if you are experiencing a downturn in the number of viewings for your home for sale, then you shouldn't be surprised. And in fact, your agent should probably be talking to you about potentially thinking of making sure that your price is right, your presentation is right, and your promotion is right for the all-important September market. This is going to be your best window of sale, what we call the mum's market. When the children are back at school, we call it the mum's market because it's mum on the phone to us saying, right, got to get out this house. It's too small, time to move. Will there be less of them this year? Yes, of course. But there's also significantly less property available. So hopefully one thing will balance out the other. We're certainly finding that here in London, although we hear on the stats that there's more properties available. A lot of the properties that are coming available, in my experience, are coming at a totally wrong price point. And by that, I mean... The price that they should be quoting plus 10 percent when really the market's dropped 5 percent. So they can be as much as 15 percent out very easily and quite often a 20 or 25 percent out. And frankly, they're not moving anytime soon. So you can almost discount those properties from the market because they're not competitive with the rest of the market, the broader market. So if you're thinking of selling this year, make sure you prepare your home and get ready. And a great time to release an our experience here at James Alexander is actually springtime. Second weekend is a fantastic time to start marketing because that's when your audience will be there. Now, it's quite a short market in the sense that it closes down again, guess what? When the weather goes nasty, when it gets darker and colder. So uh, middle of October to the end of October, it starts quietening down. And if you haven't got to buy by the 1st of November, best advice may be to pull your property off the market and think about selling in the following year because the winter months are always tougher if you need to sell there are still buyers and sellers out there but it will be tougher and we can expect especially in a tighter market some more price falls around that time for those that do wish to sell although there won't be that many available those people will discount in order to get their homes moved buying a home is now expensive more expensive than renting this is an article in the daily telegraph It says that it's the first time in 13 years, according to Zoopla, first-time buyers are now having to pay an extra £122 a month on a mortgage compared to renting the same property. That's an extra £1,500 a year. The price difference is even higher in London, where first-time buyers must pay an extra £493 a month on a mortgage compared to renting. That's a premium of 24%. In the southeast, the second most expensive region outside of the capital, First-time buyer mortgage payments now cost 17% more than local rents, or £2,580 a year. Rupert Simmons, the director at John D. Wood, said first-time buyers are assessing whether the benefits of owning a property outweigh the financial strain posed by higher monthly mortgage payments. Some are deciding to move further out from city centre to more affordable neighbourhoods, where the gap between renting and buying might be narrower. Others are seeking guidance on innovative financing options. Well, the other thing to say about that is anybody that's in a current mortgage is probably on a fixed rate, so may not be adversely affected immediately. These things affect people in different ways, depending on where they are in the cycle of their last fixed rate, of course. Now, the Daily Mail uh, and the I say that interest rates are due to peak at 5.5% and they think that will happen in September. This will be interesting to see because there are lots of people predicting higher than that. There are people predicting 6%. Certainly, the general expectation is that interest rates may go up again. Uh, but economists predict that interest rates will peak at 5.5% in September, according to the article, despite inflation falling to 6.8% in July from seven point eight nine percent Sorry, in June. All but Orbit- one of the 52 economists polled expect the base rate to rise by 0.25 percentage points when the bank of england's monetary policy committee meets on the 21st of september yeah so every the common consensus is we're looking at another quarter point rise on 21st of september one analyst said that they preferred a half point increase to 5.75 percent so ouch The Economist polled expect inflation to average 6.8% this quarter, falling to 4.7% in quarter four. They did not expect price rises to fall below the bank's 2% target until at least 2025. Of course, that's the key inflation measure. And the Bank of England are aiming to target that as far as interest rates are concerned. It's a fairly blunt instrument, though. And I do think that the government now should be thinking about how they can help with this because people are really, really struggling. Now on to Section 21. You may know Section 21 are the evictions that are set to become illegal under the Renters' Reform Act. And ironically, because they're being outlawed after the Renters' Reform Act, they're soaring more than ever. Um, Section 21 evictions are set to soar even higher. A property station leader has forecast because of the threat to abolish them. Data released last week revealed the court proceedings for Section 21s in England reached their highest level for six years ahead of the Renters' Reform Bill. Jonathan Roland head of the National Association of Property Buyers, says worse is to come. This will be driven by the fact that many landlords are likely to be rushing to beat the ban on Section 21 evictions. Selling at the top of the market also has an impact in this area too. Homes sell faster and for more money empty, especially now. The heart of the buy-to-let sector has been ripped out by high tax, high interest rates and legislation. Data released by the Ministry of Justice last week showed that 7,000 491 Section 21 eviction claims were brought before the courts between April and June. That's the second highest recorded number since 2017. Roland adds, landlords are selling up in droves for many reasons, many fearful of the new EPC rules, which I think may cost thousands and offer little in return. Of course, we've spoken about that before, but we think now that's kicked into the long grass and we think it will be at least 2029 before anything comes in on that and there may be some adjustments to the way energy performance certificates are measured. So I think it's early days right now to worry about that. I think it's going to be kicked into the long grass. And certainly at the moment, there is no firm date for the EPC requirements of a C or above. He goes on to say right now, landlords are fed up. The return on money in the bank is similar to a rental yield without risk or work. Service charge and repair costs have spiraled as contracts increase prices post Brexit and take advantage of a recent boom. Ironically, talk of banning Section 21s has led to an increase in their use. Now onto to some brighter news. The Nationwide has cut mortgage rates to support homeowners. The Nationwide Building Society is cutting mortgage rates by up to 0.4% this week to support homeowners during a time of soaring interest rates. The rate reductions apply to new customers, first-time buyers and those looking to remortgage. Existing customers moving home will also benefit from reduced rates. Henry Jordan, the Director of Homes at Nationwide, said, as economic conditions continue to stabilise, we're able to make further cuts to our mortgage rates, building on the reductions we've already made in recent weeks. Well, this is something that seems counterintuitive, doesn't it? We've got rates predicted to rise, that is the Bank of England base rate, and yet we've got nationwide cutting rates. Why is that? Well, we've mentioned this before, and it's a thing called swap rates. It's how the money markets see the longer term projections for rates. And so... It's not necessarily the case because the base rate goes up, but all mortgage rates will go up, particularly fixed rates tend to be discounted depending or I say discounted. They can also be increased depending on what the sentiment is towards future interest rates. In other words, what the money markets predict interest rates will do. And that's largely on the basis of where inflation will be, where they see inflation in years to come. Simon Cowell's in the headlines because he sold his London mansion for its asking price. Just goes to show, doesn't affect the super rich, it appears. This is a Georgian house in Holland Park, and it was marketed by Fine & Country in Kensington. The four-story house is listed as having a square footage of 5,800, with the potential to extend into the basement and add another 2,500 against the average British home, which measures about a 1,000 square feet. It completed on August the 6th, the buyer being an Indian businessman who took out a 5.5% loan. The deal was completed in less than a week, said the cohort finance, adding, given the turbulent market conditions, times of the essence more than ever in the luxury real estate sector, which doesn't appear to be struggling at all, does it? Now, do you fancy a castle? Well, there's one for sale in Wigmore. And this has hit the market for a very affordable price of £500,000. It's an article in the Daily Mail. Wigmore Castle, a 956-year-old fortress in Herefordshire, is up for sale for 500000 The castle, labelled as one of the UK's most remarkable ruins by English heritage, comes with up to 30 acres of land, including your own moat and a jousting field. Although the grounds must be open to the public, potential buyers will have the opportunity to convert a workshop into a two-bedroom house. The state just describe the castle as a unique and rare opportunity to own a piece of English history. It certainly is. Wigmore Castle was built in 1067 and has close ties to William the Conqueror and was once the stronghold of the Mortimer family. Now, I want to talk about interest rates, because one of the things that we've said often and really important advice, we think, is by the way, this is not financial advice. Do seek advice from a financial advisor before you make any financial decisions. But I do want to talk burying your head in the sand. Many people now are aware that interest rates will affect them adversely. They're not sure whether they can afford the increases and they're not sure what to do about it. Our advice is do not bury your head in the sand. Remember a couple of things from our chat with Nicola of DM Mortgages just a couple of weeks ago that you may have heard on this podcast. um, She's an independent financial advisor and said that you can talk to your existing lender about what other rates are available. Six months before your current rate expires. And this is important to do early to be aware of what is out there because rates are changing all the time and you may be able to secure yourself a better rate now than may be available in six months time. So it's really important to speak to your lender if you know that whatever rate they offer you, you're going to struggle then again, it's really important to have dialogue with your lender because they may be able to offer you. In fact, they're obliged to offer you alternatives which may help you. They may, for instance, extend your mortgage term or switch you to interest only or put you on a better rate. But one way or another, please do not bury your head in the sand, folks. And if you're not sure whether or not you can afford to make those changes, then You could have a chat with a financial advisor. We'd certainly recommend you speak to an independent financial advisor. With rates moving so quickly, you need to know what's available with your lender. Also, what's available with the rest of the market and whether your circumstances will allow you to transfer to another lender that might have a more competitive rate. You know, a lot of people talk about loyalty to their existing lender. Oh, my lender's been so good. Well, really, lenders are just a vehicle to provide money for a mortgage it doesn't matter which one you're with if the deal they have is the best deal so the question is is your deal the best deal and make sure that you don't just bury your head in the sand but actually look at what's out there and make sure that you prepared for what will be no doubt a massive shock as it is for most borrowers um i want to talk a little bit about that now with an article i saw in which this week which i thought was interesting and might Inform you, and this is from a lady called Faye Lipson. And she said, Homeowners face a palpitation inducing silence around when mortgage deals would be withdrawn. Now, this is an interesting article. She said, Her fixed mortgage rate is one of 800,000 ending this year. With childcare costs for two young children, I knew we may not be accepted by another provider, she says, but that a product transfer with our existing lender wouldn't have the same affordability checks. She'd identified a decent deal with a lender. Her lender, that is, that could be locked in within a few clicks in its app. But following the mantra of always speaking with a mortgage advisor, I filled in an extensive form, booked a call with one of the UK's largest brokers. The broker confirmed the deal I'd seen was quite competitive and said he'd do a whole market analysis the next day, to be sure. But the next morning, I was horrified to see the deal had been replaced with a much more expensive alternative. I called the broker who said he had no way of knowing the deal would be withdrawn. He confirmed we wouldn't be eligible without another provider and had no choice but to accept a significantly worse deal. An independent broker disputed these claims and said that the provider had warned brokers it would be withdrawing the lower rates. So she made a formal complaint to a broker's head office and the response was actually great. It admitted the fault immediately, said it had got the email and its broker missed it. She was offered reimbursement for the extra $1,400 she'd be paying over the mortgage term due to the oversight. And what she goes on to say, which is quite right, is this expensive, stressful error could have been avoided if providers signal clearly on their public facing apps and websites when deals end. Then she'd have seen for herself rather than rely on a busy broker's memory of his emails and it would have stopped her seeking advice. It wouldn't have stopped her seeking advice, rather, but at least she'd know Uh, early on that the deal was about to be withdrawn and she could have made an informed decision rather than find herself having to go through all that stress. So it just goes to show you need to speak to an independent advisor, but you need to be really aware of what's going on out there. And you need to speak to your lender to find out whether deals are likely to be withdrawn. Um, So it's really hard to keep informed. And this is where independent financial advisors, and you can see from that article that there's also redress available to you via complaints procedures if they get it wrong. So, think about an IFA. If you need a name, then as you probably already know, we have a couple of names, and Nicola McKenzie of DM Mortgages is one of them. Um, uh, great firm, and they can help you with that advice. Drop me an email, ken at jamesalexander.com, or give me a call if you want their details on 0208 Now, bank holiday weekends, what's it going to be like for property? Well, here in London, I can tell you it will be quiet. Why? Because most people extend their summer holidays using the bank holiday because it's like a free day, isn't it? So they might go away on the Thursday and take a couple of days holiday from work and then extend their holiday over to the Wednesday and incorporating in or nicking, if you like, that bank holiday weekend. So it's always quiet on a bank holiday we find that it doesn't really get back to inverted commas normal, whatever normal is, until the second week in September. So we suspect it will quieten down for both sales and lettings. Lettings, not so much so, because pretty much like sales last year, it's such a boom, and there are so many hundreds of people looking that, frankly, even if the number of people looking drops by two-thirds, there's still going to be more tenants looking than there are properties available. Um, So from that point of view, if you're thinking of selling, Our advice would be, especially here in London, and the home counties, you might be better off waiting until that September window opens up because you don't want to be that property that's been around for a while because it looks bad. Nobody wants what nobody wants. Remember, and you want to be that fresh new instruction that's just come to market. Everybody's excited by so that people will consider offering right away. Remember, it's a very small window in September. So if you are keen to sell, make sure that you get three things right. Pricing presentation and promotion, and this means dealing with a high quality agent in our experience. You can do it yourself, and if you're capable of doing that, very good luck to you, but you do need to make sure you've got your photographs right, your description right, you need to make sure that you have exposure right as well. And that means particularly making sure that you are on right move and Zoopla and that the inquiries are handled correctly. For most of us in the UK, that means using an agent. Choose your agents carefully. We would advise that you look on Google. There's a website called All Agents that rates agents beside each other and you can look to see which agents are offering the best service in your area. So I hope that's helpful for you this week. We'll be back next week with another edition. But until then, look after yourselves. And if you can, your family and friends. Thanks for watching. Thank you so much for joining us on yet another edition of the Property Buyer and Sellers podcast. You can find out more at our website, jamesalexander.com. You can email me directly, ken at jamesalexander.com. We are estate agents and we can give you hints, tips, tricks, and advice wherever you're buying, selling, moving to, or from. Thanks to Ben Sounds for the intro and outro today and thanks to Jack Bowles for production.